Hello, listeners, and welcome back to This Week in Black History, Society, and Culture, podcast of the Black and African Diaspora of Monmouth University. I'm Minnie B. Williams, your host. Today on This Week in Black History, Society, and Culture, we have Professor Lauren Rory, who teaches in the Perspectives Program at Monmouth University. Welcome to the show, Lauren. Hi, Dr. Williams. Thank you so much for having me. Super excited to be here. Well, thank you so much for agreeing to come on the show and talk about Black women and roller skating and the connections uh, roller skating has to the history of Black music culture, as well as social movements. First, we'll we'll discuss Lauren's uh, research and teaching interests, and then we'll focus more clearly on this topic of Black women and roller skating. So, Lauren, tell us a little bit about your teaching and research uh, interest. Well, um, first, um, as you mentioned, I am an instructor at Monmouth University, and my teaching and research really examined the way, I guess a simplified way to put it, is the way Black artists address issues surrounding race, gender, sexuality, and class. And it's really looking across the Black Atlantic um, throughout the the 19th and 20th centuries. So I'm really looking at visual art, uh, literature, film, and even music um, to really see how these artists conveyed their ideas and how that work was perceived as well as um, preserved. Um, so my work is basically a fusion of, I'd say, Black intellectual history, uh, Black expressive, expressive culture, and uh, Black internationalism. So how did you uh, become interested in so many uh, broad topics? It seems like you said um, there's intellectual history, but also uh, popular culture and art. Um, I recall you were telling me once before that you were an artist yourself. Yes. So basically, like since I was young, I would say probably from the ages of like six and up, I like to draw, but in particular paint. Um, I was always fascinated with watching Bob Ross and I always liked to draw kind of these scenic landscapes. Um, but then as I, you know, obviously I got older, I began to, um, engage in different kinds of art. So aside from visual art, I also started doing music. So I started to play the bass, um, which I still play. So I've always had this love toward the arts. Um, And so for me, it was more natural. Skating something I did as a child, but I never really thought I would be able to do what I've done so far or I guess, be as successful as I am in it. So um, it's it's definitely been a great journey, but art is definitely, when it comes to art, visual, music, um, it's super important to me. So when did you first start skating? I, I, I'll tell you a funny story. <laughs> Everybody skated, obviously, you know, growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly for me, it was street skating. We really didn't go to a formal roller rink or anything but um so for us it was either 
roller skating or double dutch and I couldn't double dutch. My sisters, I have three sisters and it wasn't anything they could do to get me to jump the rope. So they would just throw me out and say, you can't, you can't participate. So my mom bought me a, a pair of skates uh, to make sure I had something to do. <laughs> it's a funny story. So how old were you when you started to get into roller skating? Um, I, I, you know what? I think it's kind of like similar story, right? Like I had skates and I skated when I was younger. Mainly I used rollerblades, um, but I never really touched it. I used to always see skaters, you know, go backwards and forwards and things like that. And I never thought I could do it. But um, 2021 came and I came across this collection of videos um, by Malik Thomas, who's actually a phenomenal, uh, I would say, videographer, um, cinematographer even, and um, JB Skater. And he has these collection of videos, which are really like movies. And it really takes you into Chicago ranks and shows you like skate culture and like moves and all that. And it was the first time I've ever seen something like that. And I just, I was like, man, I really should like try to do this, like really try. And from that point, I bought my first pair of skates. I believe they were, what, sure grips. <laughs> and um, I hit, I hit the floors. So I think for me, <laughs> I, I I know you mentioned that the rollerblades, there's no way in the world I would ever be able to do that. The reason <laughs> I couldn't double dutch, it was because I was so clumsy, <laughs> but I had those old white skates with like metal wheels. If I remember <laughs> back really? in the day, like, like I, I, I kind of remember, I mean, there's so many, I mean, you could talk to us about the different types of skates, but. I'm talking old school. I think they were my older sisters. That's why they were not updated. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But talk to me about the, now you're saying 2021, the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Do you, did you find that more people began, particularly black women, uh, did they begin to turn to skating during the pandemic and was it mostly outside? I would presume at least as you know, in 2020 initially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing, um, with the pandemic, I, I, I have mixed, mixed feelings about that because, um, did women turn to skating, um, kind of more, more or less during, the pandemic. I don't know. I think, I think women definitely turned to skating during the pandemic, but I think once they arrived, they realized that women were already here and they actually were able to kind of, um, see the range of talent, um, within these ranks. So for, for, for me particularly, um, when I see, when I go to rinks and I see black women skaters, um, I, I'm really fascinated with not only their technicality, but their abilities, how they're able to make it seamless and, um, um, I guess easy. It looks effortless. And I think that's, that's really the point of skating. And, um, I think a lot of these women have been, 
under under overlooked, especially within the history of black skating culture, because I mean, skating culture itself is very it's 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 limited documentation on it. I feel like now there's becoming more information on it, but um, there's still a lot of limitations within it. So I think that um, women have always been kind of pioneers in leading um, a lot of these 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 movements within, especially within the skate community. Um, but it's just that I feel like they're not getting their recognition until now. And there are a lot still who, who haven't. I think social media and technology have changed the way people can monetize and um, also increases their reach to people. So now you have younger skaters who um, are sponsored by you know, Rydell, which is, you know, probably the top um, skate um, brand that's out there. Also other companies like Five Stride, um, which is actually a a skate shop, which is, you know, really home to a lot of, um, a lot of the larger skate community when they need things. Um, So I think when it comes to women skaters, um, they've really just really facilitated the movement um, but for obviously, and not just within skate culture, but also historically, women have, you know, historically been centered um, behind kind of these larger male centric stories or, or, or histories about, um, well, just histories, really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you're getting to the point where uh, skating has a has a history tied to uh recreation mm-hmm. and recreation in America has always been segregated, you know, through the mid 20th century. Uh, you know, think about the segregation on the beaches and in the roller rink, at least up through the 1950s. So even in leisure time, right. You, you find um, segregation in leisure time, such as with roller skating and, that, you know, that's really quite sad. But at the same time, these black women in particular created new dance styles, but it's intrinsically also tied to music. Like you said, skate culture is at least black skate culture is intrinsically tied to black music culture. Mm-hmm. So say a little bit about that. I mean, we got to go back in a day for a minute, <laughs> probably yeah. to the 70s and 80s to talk about the connection. Well, we're talking about segregation, right? So we're talking about the mid prior 20th to that, century. Sure. Yeah, even prior to that, but we're talking about black people weren't really didn't have access within the ranks. Sure. They didn't have access. They had particular nights designated to them, such as soul night, where they would be able to come out and, you know, really create. I mean, that's essentially what skaters are doing. They're creating. And I think even now, I believe the black skaters in particular, like Rollercade, I believe, which is actually in Detroit, is actually like a a historical state as a staple within the community because it's been around since I believe like 1955 as a way for black people to have access to skating. And it is an outdoor space. Um, 
but it does offer community and it does offer um, black people a space to, to skate. Um, when it comes to, I would say probably once we get into the late 20th century, um, I feel like and even in the early 20th century, I believe, I feel like things start to, I'm sorry, early 21st century. I believe things start to open up for black people and they be able to create their own spaces within these rinks and the rinks really cater to that demographic. So I think now over time, what we've seen is particular rinks throughout the United States have historically um, supported um, black skaters as well as black skate culture and have um, provided the space for them to kind of maneuver and create in, um, especially safe spaces. Um, even during, uh, you know, during the civil rights movement, black skaters didn't necessarily take to the streets. Um, they took to the streets, but it was a different form of skating. Rhythmic skating, dance skating was something specifically, particularly meant for the rinks. However, in areas, I think geography plays a major part because when you look at areas like California, they have traditionally had and more outdoor skate culture. And I yes, think that has a lot sure. to do, yeah, with the weather. You have like the Motown Roller Club. Um, you know, Richard Humphrey is out there. You have staples that are out there that people like come all across internationally just to visit. So I would say California per se is really an outdoor skate culture. But I'd say, you know, Chicago, Detroit, uh, New York, New Jersey, uh, Maryland, uh, even Florida, I would say it's more or less inside. Uh, they There's rinks that are specifically designated for, you know, these skaters and also the DJs that operate within the network are also, um, they cater to skaters. So they provide skate music and, um, are all, actually many of them are awesome skaters themselves. Yeah. This, so it makes me think about the rise of disco and I, you know, looking at scenes of disco music almost invariably you see pictures of skaters in, you know, the roller rink dancing and innovating to disco music. And there is almost this direct link, as you said, with the the emergence of um, dance culture or dance culture and roller skating. Um, why do you think so many African Americans? Obviously, we have great African American um, ice skaters, uh, you know, recent in the recent past. But historically, it seems that more African Americans and African American women in particular seem to flock in higher numbers to roller skating instead of ice skating. Uh, do you do you see race functioning? there, you know, impacting why you see more um, black roller skaters than ice skaters, at least until the recent, I think in recent history anyway. Absolutely. Um, I think when it comes to, I mean, ice skating is, it doesn't provide a heartbeat. And when I say heartbeat, I mean the music. Essentially, the music is the heartbeat of the rink. 
And so ice skating doesn't necessarily um, provide that. Roller skating is also a form of dance. Um, I think anything that kind of can be tied to. So here's the thing. When it comes to skating, right, I feel like it hasn't been valued the way that it should be or should have because it necessarily is an Olympic sport. Right. Like we Mm -hmm. see ice skating Mm -hmm. or we see even rollerblading or competitive rollerblading. They have been, you know, deemed as sports. Roller skating is something that black people have just did. Right. But Mm -hmm. what we're seeing now is that, no, it is actually a sport is actually a technique. It's full technique. Right. It's dance choreo. I mean, it's not just dance. It's 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 costume. It's dress. It's it's. It's everything. It's performance, it's, I would say. Yes, performance. Yes. It's all of that. So I'd say when it comes to, you know, why roller skating and not ice, well, roller skating, I think, was more accessible, especially like what we talked about um, within, you know, the mid 20th century. Um, it was more accessible. But I think also to, you know, you couldn't just take a pair of roll uh, ice ice, um, ice skates and take them to a tennis court and skate, right. Or take them to a basketball and skate. There was more accessibility with the roller skates. And, um, I think race plays a, 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 a important f- function in how, um, skaters kind of commune and create within, um, these ranks and how they're also mm-hmm. seen and valued. But I think now black Black skaters are now putting, um, kind of demanding their own worth and value. And that's why you see a lot of skaters or why you see so much skate content now. You know, you see Usher, you see these um, big celebrities who are now putting and showcasing the talents of black skaters and going to the rinks um, to really give these places more attention. Um, There's a lot to be said about the actual sport of skating, as well as a way to work on your mental health, release. It's also great exercise. So many people have dropped their gym memberships, you know, after, you know, doing skating. I mean, it's, it's, it's intense, but it's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. I think uh, the point about accessibility, I think that's a great point that you make that you can roller skate anywhere. Honestly, if you can't get to a rink, you could roller skate in the park or, you know, um, on the streets, if you really wanted to, whereas with ice skating, you've got to have pair, those pair of skates and you've got, you've got to be inside of a rink. Although, right. In certain times of the year, you might find places to, um, ice skate. Um, but year round roller skating is, is a more accessible. And I think also the music, the fact that only recently um, ice skaters have moved away further away from classical music. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's happened only in the last few years. Mm-hmm. So the making the point about accessibility and music, I think is very important. Um, do you, can you tell us anything about um, African-American skating rinks, you know, in the early history of skating um, and ownership, did Black women play any type of role in ownership of uh, skating rinks? Are there any in the region that you know of or that are Black-owned? That's that's a tough question 
um, because it's like so little documented on them. But there are, I know, like I mentioned earlier, Rollercade, it's, I don't want to say it's black woman owned, but it is black owned um, historically. Mm-hmm. Um, I, okay. There, I think there might be some uh, one like in super South New Jersey, perhaps Camden that might be, but I don't perhaps know any that are black owned currently. Um, um, historically, yes, but not necessarily black woman owned specifically. Um, right. Sure. Yeah. Black owned, but. Yes, black owned, but not black women specifically owned. I haven't, um, I have not, but also my research hasn't dug me that deep. So that could also be something that um, my follow up research will definitely explore. Yeah, I think it's you raise a couple of points too, going back to the discussion of whether it's a sport. I've always thought of it as a sport. Mm-hmm. And it's astounding to me because. It, it's it's something that's been around for quite some time. I mean, we could go back to the 19th century. Is, uh, I mean, how come it's not a sport in the Olympics? I mean, why why do you think? And, and does race play a role there too? Right, it's dominated, perhaps by African Americans, African American women, and um, but it's not a sport in the Olympics. I mean, I don't even know if there's been a petition to make it a sport recently. Do you think it will ever become a sport, an Olympic sport, since it's rising in popularity again? I don't know that it'll ever become an Olympic sport because you think about who's judging the Olympics. Mm, And when you think about black roller skating, it's linked to time, timing. Let me say timing. So the way to tell a skater or a skate duo or a skate um, trio is awesome is if they're all hitting the beat at the same time. And sometimes, you know, the beat, the beat is something, you know, um, something relative or something that's within almost black blood in a sense, you know? So it's like, how can that necessarily be judged? Um, but I think that, there is, their eyes are on skate life and skate culture. And so that's why we're seeing a lot more documentary, a lot more um, videos, a lot more um, people opening up um, um, skate, kind of skate schools where they're teaching and they're giving lessons or people are doing them virtually. Um, Just the accessibility to be able to tap in and, achieve some of these because I think what people's interest towards skating now is that it's not just skating going front and back. I think that's what people may have thought. I think historically skating rinks were kind of this almost like a club. You know, you go, you have a good time, but what state what happens there stays there. It wasn't well documented the way we see now. Now we see it and, you know, people are um, drawn to not just, you know, the music piece of it, but also the movement and how well people are able to move together without speaking as well as still hitting the beat. Um, so I think that's, that's something that's super important. Yeah. I mean, I think this whole, um, 
question about dance and also um, the music that's involved, but also that is this a sport or is it dancing? But you have ice dancing, right? Ice dancing has been in Olympics for for a long time. And um, Mm -hmm. I know there's this conversation about roller sports, like skateboarding uh, Mm -hmm. and skateboarding, because I think I think um, roller skating is considered one of a roller sport, right? It's how it's um, sometimes um, explained. And I think it goes back a few years. Like I think it's 2016 that um, skateboarding was finally entered into the Olympic Games. So I it, it might, right? If you, if you have skateboarding, uh, it might follow. Uh, I think that goes back to 2016. Mm-hmm. So that's a couple of years. Um, but I would imagine that it will. But how, again, how will you judge? Is it dancing? Is it both? Um, there is this argument that it tends to be regional. I think you're making an argument about re- regional dimensions to roller skating, too. You know, how it's done in California versus Chicago, Detroit, or, or oh, yeah. New Jersey. Oh, yeah. Everybody has their own style of skate. So... Like there isn't one universal way, I guess. And I guess that's also what makes it difficult because unless they do like a roll call where they're calling different styles, you know, it it would be really difficult. But that's that's what makes it hard to really judge because it really is more of creative expression. And like I said, it's linked to the music, but also each area does their own thing. So like, you know, New York, New Jersey is like kind of this house bounce style. Then you have like Chicago, which is JB, which is James Brown style. Um, you know, so, you know, I think you have different styles in Ohio. Uh, then you also have like the snap, which I think is, I think it might be a combination of Baltimore. Um, but is it's, it's so many different styles, literally. And not to say that each style takes a little from everyone. Sometimes you'll see a, a little JB in, you know, New York, New Jersey and vice versa. But each style is like almost coveted by their own community, you know, and it's only until recently that, um, you know, I think this younger generation is now wanting to kind of merge and blend styles or transfer styles um, across domestically not not even domestically but even internationally before it used to be virtually impossible to to see jb skating unless you went to chicago unless you actually went into those rinks to witness that they weren't you know recording now you can you know turn on youtube and see have full access and now skaters from chicago um are offering lessons you know for not only um you know the Chicago community, but also outside of that. And then you also have, um, you know, JB legends who moved like, you know, for example, you have twin who moved from Chicago to Atlanta and has pretty much influenced a whole new generation of JB skaters in Atlanta. So it's a lot of different, um, different moving pieces, but when it comes to, kind of just the geography and how that all ties. And I think that's probably where things get complicated. And like I said, if you're 
you would have to have someone who was well-versed in all of these different skate styles. Right. Um, Judging. Right, right, right. Which I think is something that's never been done. At least yeah, I'm, I know I mean, in Olympics, you know, within Olympic history, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, you have the competitions and the thing, I think another issue that I've come across is, or at least reading about, um, is it a winter sport? Is it an indoor sport? Mm-hmm. Outdoor sport? Both? It's so flexible in the sense that we talked about sex, uh, accessibility that, you know, a lot of the competitions take place during the winter, don't they? In terms of the same, around the same time that ice skating mm-hmm. is happening. But I think as far as ice skating's popularity and skating's popularity, um, is it popular in enough countries? Is it mostly popular in the United States? Oh, because um, I think with the Olympic committee and you got to have somebody who campaigns and says, look, this is happening in, you know, most of the countries around the world or half the countries that participate in the Olympics. So therefore, uh, but it takes money to campaign. Right. So a mm-hmm. part of it, I think, has to do with you, know, you probably see the intersection of race, but also class money. Mm-hmm. Right. Because obviously everybody knows what roller skating is. Mm-hmm. Everybody's done some roller skating. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a very interesting question. But I, I think skateboarding changed um, the game a little bit in that it is a roller sport. So that opens the door to other roller sports um, a, f- a few years ago. So it probably, you know, maybe in a few years. And um, a sport, uh, really a sport dominated, it seems, anyway, in our discussion by many African-Americans and African-American women in particular. But can we say more about the connection between roller skating and the, and the history of the civil rights movement and recreation? I mean, think about uh, Walcott's book in which she discusses this briefly. Um how many people may not know that the sit-ins were happening. Skaters, roller skaters were actually involved in, you know, the early sit-down movement. So there is a, a, a connection between Black recreation and social movements, as well as what we said, music and culture. I mean, uh, we kind of see how that's kind of developed throughout. So today, um, we have, you know, African Americans using skating as a form of protest mm-hmm. and activism, and we yeah. see that um, today as well. Um, and it's it's. It's unfortunate because it doesn't get documented and I guess it it does get overlooked. But the skate community is a very, even though there is, even though the skate community is very large, it is also very insular. Mm. And when something happens within the skate community, it really impacts them all. Um, They have developed, you know, nights to um, spread awareness about you know, breast cancer awareness about domestic violence. Um, they also do um, do like different representations of cultural experiences. So 
they change up the music, even though native music, you know, native to the New York, New Jersey style is house and bounce. They do switch that up and offer different, um, different um, music selections and music choices, music genres, even. Um, and they all really rally together for uh, even like if there's a death within the community, they will rally together and use skating as a form of um, healing. Um, mm. You know, I've seen, you know, skaters come together when there was a death and create a, a train, maybe over a hundred people long, which, you know, really talks to the unification of them all and really coming together for a general, same purpose. Um, I think it's, it's, I think skating is extremely powerful. And when you're in the midst of these arenas, you feel that. Um, so I see a lot of the skate community kind of coming together to do that. I also see, you know, a lot of the um, older generation bringing up the newer generation and really showing them kind of passing along those traditions so that they can keep it going, um, which I think is, is special. Um, but I think there's always been a historic link to skating and protest and skating and activism. Um, and especially when you look at some of the work of Black women um, within some of these, and I've only tapped into New York, New Jersey, and um, Chicago but once you actually tap out to even Ohio, you go to um, Detroit and you go to some of these other states, you really get to see how these women have really shaped, I mean, even down in Atlanta, how they shaped skate culture as down, not even down to the look, but down to the movement, um, all of it. So it seems like the, so you're making, I think, important points about um, uh, social justice, community. Um, and almost a healing space. And it makes me think about the way the black beauty shop has functioned in African-American history for black women. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, the skating rink probably functions in a similar way as a community space. Mm -hmm. Um, and so of course that means it's connected to activism and, you know, the skate-ins that took place in the 1940s prior, you know, to the sit-ins of the 1960s. And that's interesting thesis because, like you said, we have to start documenting um, this story of Black women and skating um, the same way we've done with the Black beauty shop, you know, mm -hmm. and all the literature that has come out mm -hmm. uh, since um, Tiffany Gale's book, uh, about the black beauty shop, uh, it w makes a very interesting parallel. Um, I think. Um, and what's good point it, about that? And what's what's even? I think what a lot of these legends, these skate legends, are still here with us. You know, um, ones who created these infamous moves are still here with us. So I think while we have them to record and preserve and, you know, people are working, people within the community are working to do that. But I think don't miss this opportunity because there's so little written. And right, I yeah. think if we take the time to record, I think now skating is almost in a state of people are just have been um, shielded for so long or kind of under this blanket for so long that now that, you know, they're able to kind of um, um, 
be able to showcase their skills and their talents the way that they probably have always desired to do. Uh, I think the focus now has become more on creating content and um, rather than preserving the history. So I think um, it's important to do both because without the history, we really don't even now there's been talk of, especially because skating is becoming um, so, I guess, like now mainstream that, uh, you know, skate styles are now starting to be um, almost copyrighted in a sense, which mm. takes away from the original ownership of, you know, a lot of the black skaters who invented these moves. So yeah, there's, yeah. you know, that's that's actually into another probably a larger conversation that's actually um, part of my other research, but um, you know, I just think it's important to capture the history. There's a lot of, um, like I said, a lot of legends who are still out here, a lot to, um, and I think United Skates does a good job. Um, you know, Reggie Premier, uh, Reggie Premier is actually one of the, the dopest um, JB DJs as well as skaters. And, you know, he does a good job, but I think um, having some more history and have some more writings on black skating, I think would be uh, extremely important. Yeah. I think what happens is much of whatever is written is pretty much in um, probably books about the history of, of African-Americans and recreation, like Walcott's book mm-hmm. and um, kind of as a field in itself, black recreation, you know, um, roller skating kind of, is it, it then, you know, the history of roller skating, black women in roller skating is probably like a s- subgenre of, of, of African-Americans and uh, recreation. But mm-hmm. obviously it has this um, larger connection to the black freedom struggle and the organizing tradition where these black roller skating clubs and uh, communities um, are parallel to other black clubs and communities but why do you think um, so many African-Americans have kind of returned? I know in our conversation before we started, you said that, you know, African-American women have really never left, you know, the skating community. Um, but it seems like there's more conversation on social media and uh, in magazines. I was just reading an article uh, that basically said that for Black women, skating is quote, the ultimate form of Mm self-expression. So why do you think so many African-American women either are returning, never left, or find it uh, so liberating? Well, that's a big one. (laughs) Yeah, I would say, I I, I would say women have never left. I said women have always been right there. Um, I just think we just haven't seen right? We don't have a window to these rinks and be able to see what's happening every, you know, adult Sunday night, right? Or every Tuesday adult adult night, right? We don't have access. To, we, we didn't have access to that. Um, I think women now ha- have access. The women that have joined kind of join skating, I would say within the last two to three years, I think is because they've seen 
how ex- how much more accessible it has become. They see that they get mm. to see now other Black women skaters that are doing the same things. People now are using social media, especially over the course of the past three years, to track their progress, to track their skating progress. So you've, you know, you come across all this skate content right there on social media and you see the girl that, you know, a month, you know, one time she was, you know, extremely beginner, beginner. But then, you know, six months later, you see, oh, wow, she's made a lot of progress. So people are starting to really understand that skating isn't necessarily something you have to be born with, but a learned skill just like anything else. So I think it allowed, it became more tangible for people, for Black people to access. And now you have an increase in um, um, participation. But I would say that some of the core figures or leaders within the community are Black women. You have, you know, New York, New Jersey. I would say a New York, New Jersey staple would be Tanya Dean and her brand and her business organization, Skate Aerobics. And then you, you know, in Chicago, you have Maisha McCatskill, who was actually the first, I would say the first to really do it on her scale. And she's actually been, you know, partnering up internationally to to share the JB style. Um, so this is really a, a exchange of ideas, kind of this network that is allowing people to connect through skating and women are leading that, uh, you know, I've, I've taken lessons with Tanya at Skate Aerobics. I've also taken lessons with um, uh, Maisha and both of them are extremely passionate about what they do and extremely knowledgeable about what they do, but also um, move, I think, from a, a perspective of, of kind of with the Black agenda at the forefront, uh, really doing it for their community doing it for the people, doing it for the culture. These women have been skating for years, over 10, 20 years without really any notoriety. And now we're seeing, you know, them getting the flowers they deserve because they've been building skate generations (laughs) behind the scenes and we just never knew. Yeah, you know, I find it interesting that you're talking about them having sponsorship. And um, that could be a game changer, too, if it is to become an Olympic sports sport where you have people who are willing to sponsor the sport. Because sports teams obviously always come with some type of sponsorship. And um, that's probably going to be a big uh, game changer as, uh, uh, you know, more black women are able to gain visibility. And I think social media, too, plays a... um, big role mm-hmm. in this too, that people are looking at these videos on TikTok or on YouTube and um, wondering to themselves, hey, should I go down to the skating rink? But definitely the organizing tradition and the African-American experience, um, there's a direct link, obviously, um, in the community building that goes on um, at these roller rinks. So, Lauren, I want to thank you for joining me today to talk about Black women and roller skating. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I, I'm super excited to talk about all of this. So, um, hopefully, my research 
will have to give me some new insights for the next time. Sure, we look forward to reading your um, essay coming up uh, on the same subject. 